0: Deadhead alert Here it comes Just get ready Uh oh Welcome back To Altered States of Context I hope you all had a Fun weekend this weekend Over the long July 4th holiday I hope you all have your Fingers still And none of them lost To a freak fireworks accident Speaking of fun Today we're going to talk about fun. It's a very weird deal that in the current context of public discussion about psychedelics, psychedelic medicine, psychedelic healing, fun is something that is lost in the mix. Brian and I sit down today and we unpack that a little bit and talk about why we think the conversation is so skewed away from fun. Brian and I think that is a pretty grave error and today we unpack that and talk about why. Additionally, fair warning, my barely repressed, not really repressed at all, inner deadhead is totally let out to play. And we talk a little bit about music and fun and contexts that are purely fun and how important those are. Thank you very much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, we ask that you leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to. And or share us with someone else you think would like the show. We really want to stimulate discussion and help deepen each other's understanding of how psychedelics fit in the broader landscape of mental health, in our culture at large, and in each of our lives. With that, I hope you have fun listening to the show, perhaps as much fun as Brian and I had recording it. Thanks for listening. Back to Altered States of Context. Today, Brian and I are going to sit down and have a very serious discussion about a very serious topic. You know, a lot of the discussion around, you know, psychedelics, you know, was um, around clinical utility and safety um, and all, uh, you know, all kinds of things that are all very, very important. But an overlooked one that I think bears taking very, very seriously is that of Fun psychedelics are often very fun like extremely fun and um i think sometimes you know you, we get in these clinical discussions and you know we get you're talking about scientific study and you know we're we're um being very careful to appear very studious and serious and to actually be studious and serious i'm not saying everybody's pretending and Lost in the Shuffle is the deep weirdness and fun that can be a hallmark of the experience. And the fun, I think, is such a hallmark of the experience that I think if you take it out and and or at least sort of like kind of elide it a little bit and sort of de-emphasize it, you're kind of running the risk of missing the point. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Hi, Brian. And 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 what do you think of, of uh what do you think of the topic of the day? Do you
1: like fun. Hi, Nate. Good morning. Uh, yeah, I'd just like to go on the record and say I'm against this topic. Uh, psychedelics are a very serious business, and uh, I don't believe we should be talking about fun. Uh, we're talking about uh, something that is uh, used for therapeutic purposes, and I'm you know, generally very uncomfortable in talking about fun. Well, not really, um, but it is funny how it does evoke a little bit of discomfort. uh, And I agree with you that it is something that's often left out when we talk about psychedelics. I'm curious, what comes up for you when you think about the fun aspect or the fun experiences that are possible when taking a psychedelic Yeah. You know, we have
0: this word recreation, recreational use, you know, that is um, super dismissed. Like, mm, yeah, well that's, it's against the law and you shouldn't really be doing that. And that's not legit. Um, But like when I look at my own experiences over time, the, um, the large, I mean, you know, there've been a couple of very intense experiences that I've, that I've talked on here, but if you take aside, uh, you know, those very intense experiences that have been uh, extremely impactful and you just sort of like on average like take the experience usually it's just a good time <laughs> and maybe that's a good time with other people um and maybe that's a good time just um in my own uh I- experience you know listening to music speaking of fun i mean psychedelics and music is you know and people you know there's therapeutic playlists and people talking about the therapeutic effects of music but man music is a fucking riot when you're tripping like, for real, it's better when you're tripping, and music is already one of the best things that humankind has ever done in my experience, so that's fun, right? like, and I think that fun is maybe the best way to talk about it more so than 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 language of like therapeuticness, or we could add maybe joy, maybe joy uh is that a more serious word? Does that seem like that's more if we're talking about joy that that has I think implications for psychological health. So maybe we should go with joy or not, or it's just fun. So, you know, it could be music. It could be, you know, you're laying down and you're having an experience, you know, that's just fascinating and interesting. And it's fun to allow your mind to explore. Like it's fun. It's like exploring new terrain, seeing new things, discovering something new about yourself in the world. And, you know, I would use the word fun for that. Um, the interpersonal aspect is. Um, Sometimes riotously funny. So uh, I don't think we should and don't want to shy away from what I think is one of the hallmark aspects of the psychedelic experience.
1: It's fun. Yeah, it's always been interesting to me how the term recreational is, is used kind of negatively, right? Like using psychedelics in a recreational context or for recreational purposes is deemed, you know, less than or, or or more dangerous or, you know, inferior to the things that we talk about mostly on this podcast, which are the therapeutic use of psychedelics. So, you know, I think our culture in general has a strange relationship to pleasure or fun. Like we, mm. you know, it just, I mean, this is my opinion, of course, but it just seems like we, it's almost like bad to admit or you're not supposed to say that you're you're looking for fun or like there should be a greater purpose to things at all times. And if you say, well, I just want to go out with my friends and get high and dance and be silly and laugh and enjoy this the music, enjoy the lights of the of the concert I'm at. Like, that's not good enough. That's not that's not worthy or that's uh, dangerous or something like that. Yeah, absolutely, and of course, you know, I think we're also, you know, you also bring up Nate the that there is perhaps an artificial separation between recreational use and therapeutic use, right? So, can having fun or can experiencing joy be therapeutic? You know, I think
0: I think that's obviously true. <laughs> I'll, I'll look in my own experience, both psych, with psychedelics and and, and not psychedelics. You know, and I, this bears out in my experience of talking to other people. This bears out in my experience clinically. So non-psychedelic fun is, you know, throughout my 20s, I moved to uh, Colorado. I, I moved to Colorado. I lived there and uh, after college and taught myself while I was out there to fly fish. And just was absolutely enamored with this and spent... I don't I live in Illinois now, and um, the hardest thing about living in Illinois is there's no trout here um that is literally the truth. It's the hardest thing for me. so I don't do it m- as much and and you know um there's not as much time with kids and whatnot. But when I was younger, and I just threw myself into it, um and I spent a lot of time on the water, and it was fun. I mean, it was joyful. It was, um, but not always, you know, sometimes it was maddening and frustrating too, but it was that joy and fun that kept me coming back to it and actually taught me to persevere through like there was, I mean, you may laugh and think that's kind of ridiculous that, you know, I, you could be standing on a river and so frustrated you can hardly see straight, but that's the truth. And it's the the joy of it, you know, being able to look up and, and reorient towards towards the landscape, reorient towards watching a fish jump or maybe seeing a muskrat and tuning into and recognizing the um, the joy and the fun, you know, can help reorient away from, not away from, but through the challenge. So um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about being an adult through my twenties by fly fishing. I learned a lot about, you know, um, managing emotion and managing myself same with snowboarding or many other recreations. They've been extremely significant to me in terms of becoming a better, more well-rounded, um, more adaptable person. You know, my recreational activities have been extremely important. Um, and then, you know, those are the nine non-non-psychedelic non-psy- activities. And then, you know, you it's the same principle with with when we talk about psychedelics. You know, this intense experience of joy, of fun, of um, Maybe celebration of laughter. Um, these are the kind of things that are important to reorient one. Um, not again, not away, but through some of the more difficult parts, right? So, like to to provide a very very clear both and experience. You know, life is when you have the fun or the joy. It's not a hey, yeah, this is what life is. It's really fun. It's it's not it's not these other things. That's not it because it clearly is those two. And I think psychedelics make that clear because sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's not fun, Um, but it's a powerful both. And it is challenging and difficult. Life is challenging and difficult. Psychedelic experiencing can be challenging and difficult.
1: And it's also awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think some of the problems come in when someone is too attached to any particular outcome with taking a psychedelic. So if yeah, if you if you say, I'm going to take mushrooms, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to have fun, and you have to also be open that it might not be fun, you might have a, a, a neutral experience or, or any number of experiences. Um, but I think having the intention to go out and have a good time to experience some positive emotions uh, can be very you know, very beneficial in in a lot of the ways that we talk about the therapeutic benefits, benefits of psychedelics. So for me, I've spent a lot of time doing psychedelics at concerts and in the live music experience. And there's just something so amazing about being connected to the music and being connected to a crowd of people. When everyone's attention is on the same thing, you know, everyone's singing the same song, or uh, you know, there's just all of this energy, and there's this kind of losing of oneself in that experience. That's just so uh, blissful, and mm-hmm. you know, after uh, an experience like that, I'm often, uh, you know, recharged, and and you know, I f- the next day I feel great, I feel filled up, I feel more. You know ready to tackle my responsibilities and you know go about my day it feels like those experiences are really important to have in life um and and again that you know when we talk about the therapeutic use of psychedelics that that often is not you know that that isn't talked about and it does happen in the trials like people will have one of their their MDMA or psilocybin experiences might just be kind of this very joyful celebratory type experience. And if you think about somebody who's, you know, clinically depressed, or, uh, you know, you know, severe PTSD, uh, it might have been years before they've, you know, since they've experienced some positive emotion like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you see that in therapy, you know, just as a, uh, you know, as a therapist, um, working you know, without assistance from uh, psychedelic drugs, just in session, like um, very liberally used humor. And you can't always do it in every moment. It's not always appropriate to crack a joke, but um, it's rare. I mean, I do, you know, I'm full-time and work, you know, 20-some sessions a week, and it's rare in which a session goes by in which there's not some laughter because it's so helpful and useful and also, and, and just makes everything more bearable, makes everything more bearable. And so, you know, in just that, you know, that therapeutic hour and just that microcosm of, of going through, traversing difficult terrain, you know, what a, you know, a, a blessing and an important thing it is to be able to have a way to shift, you know, a way to shift our energy, our, our experience to a state of um, lightness, um, you know, where uh, the burdens that you carry, you know, as a person, you know, fall away for a bit and you know you laugh and it's dismissively you know referred to you know so much and, and i think yeah there is this sort of bigotry against it like you know it's getting you know just getting high or whatever and and it it like I think, I think you pointed it just the right thing it's it's um you know it's the it's when that's the only piece right it's like uh it's just about that you know and 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 the entire. Uh, drug using experience, whatever the drug is, in fact, is oriented only around, you know, escaping, you know, and feeling better, um, that I think that yeah, can be really problematic. Um, obviously, um, there's a lot of problematic drug use that, you know, you can look around and see. But I think when you make space for this both and, you know, it's very, it's very important to, to, to make a lot of room and to acknowledge and even celebrate um, that aspect of, specifically psychedelic usage is that, um, it's a riot, um, an absolute riot. Sometimes I know that, I mean, I am certain that I have, I can think of times that I haven't ever laughed harder in my life. Um, I can think one time, like on our, the retreat that you and I were both on in Jamaica, it was the first night and we were standing on the, on the roof of this building. And I just, and I can remember, and I was trying to tell when I got back, I was trying to tell my wife what we were laughing about. I'm like, you know, you had to be there <laughs> it was it was very, very hard to describe, but at the time, just deep like um, existential level humor and just like a release of um, a release of extremely deep burdens, like not um uh, you know not surface level at all, like very deep gut level. I just want to say, existential burdens just fall away, and you kind of see, uh, maybe, maybe from a different angle, or you kind of see the absurdity of your own struggle or the absurdity of your own uh, behavior and perspective, and it's hilarious. And and in in laughing at it, and laughing with yourself at those tendencies, there is a real perspective shift that can happen as well. You know, where you're like. You know, I don't have to look at it that way. I don't have to just carry this around. I'm doing this just because I'm doing this. I'm acting this way just because I'm acting way. Like this is not necessary. I'm not doing it now. I don't have to do it all the time, and that release can be both hilarious but also deeply therapeutic. Deeply therapeutic. Um, and so there isn't. It's 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 absurd to kind of draw a line. And I think that has implications for how we approach it too. It's like. Um, You know, we talk about set and setting, you know, and I think a lot of the, you know, the clinical setting is very much about it's clinical. And there is sort of like this bias built into that towards seriousness, um, which is fine as far as that goes. And yeah, uh, making as much room for the lightness
1: and humor as possible is really important. We should say that, you know, there's uh there might be people listening to this who, who, um, who might think we're saying like, this is, you should always approach psychedelics with this intention. Um, That's not what I don't think we're saying. That's not what I'm saying. Um, You know, I like think I'm thinking about going to an, you know, an ayahuasca circle, a ceremony in in the Amazon, like you wouldn't approach that with, uh, you know, the, the intent to have fun. Um, that might be perceived as um, offensive or disrespectful to the medicine, to the to the group. Um, so, you know, what I think what we're trying to say is that there's many ways to approach psychedelics. Uh, you can approach them from a therapeutic. You can approach them from spiritual or religious, and you can approach them from from just I want to have fun. I want to uh, have a good time. I want to um, take a break from my stress for, for a little while. Uh, And, you know, thinking about my own experiences um, there is something that, uh, you know, you you can't, you can't predict exactly what's going to happen, but uh, you know, oftentimes when you're in those moments of deep joy or deep appreciation um, there, there, there could be surprises in there. Like you said, a shift in perspective, um, uh, a sense of taking one less, you know, oneself less seriously or more lightly, um, a feeling of, well, I can handle this. Um, I'm going to be okay. Uh, maybe when previously it was felt like, how am I going to get through this? Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, um, deadhead alert. Here it comes. Just get ready. Uh-oh, so it's oh. like you know, like in a like in a, a set of a dead show, and you're, you're you know you go from um, you know I think I think you know if it's if it's the dead or in your case like Dave Matthews Band or Fish or, or or any of these bands, and of course they can be caricatured and make fun of, but you know they've really taken more people through psychedelic experiences than anyone else has, <laughs> maybe in the history of humankind, right? And so I think credit these musicians with maybe knowing what the fuck they're doing. And, you know, so I'm thinking of like a, you know, for me, cause, cause it's the dead and, you know, thinking of a, of a dead set and like, you know, going from a really intense song to a really spacey song where you're kind of going out to one that's one that you're just dancing your ass off. Right. You, you, know, you know, you know, they, they hit in this place where it's just like moving and it's a party, like it's a pure party. And then they shift, you know, and they'll play something like a, like a morning dew. And they'll take all this energy that was just like celebrating and just bring it down into this incredibly poignant place, incredibly poignant, you know, that I think you're in this full range of emotion and experiencing. Um, and, um, and, that, and, that's, and, and that's power. And I think that the joy and the excitement and the fun builds You know, and it builds this energy and it builds this energy and actually increases sort of the impact of that shift into, you know, say, mourning or grief. You know, there's uh, one of the most, you know, my favorite dead track, I think, is... uh, from the late 80s and it's a song death don't have no mercy it's a it's a it's an it's an older song that they covered sometimes they covered it you know early and then there's a later one when um uh brent is on keyboard who was you know just a genius um uh and uh such an emotional song so powerfully emotional and and, you know they played that just coming off of this fun like you know, people think of dead shows, they think of fun. But then you play a song like this, and the weight and the, and the gravity of it and, and, and the sheer power of it are only heightened by the fact that it just followed on the heels of that. You know, so you just have this life in a nutshell, this encapsulation of, 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 of joy and loss and pain and beauty. Um, so end, deadhead, rabbit hole. Um, I think some of our listeners will appreciate it and some of them will be like, Oh my gosh, but whatever. I don't care. It's our podcast. I can say what I want.
1: Well, you, you know, in the trials, they, the use of music is I think thought of as a similar function. In other words uh, you know, I've heard the recommendation be that uh, it, you know, you want to have a range of types of music, sad, angry, angry, reflective, joyous, um, quiet, loud, you know, a range of music to evoke a range of emotions, like almost like a, um, you know, a color palette, you want to hit all of the different um, parts of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in a in a long, you know, journey of four to six hours, a person might go through several different emotional states or kinds of, you know, sub parts of that trip. And it's sort of similar to what you're describing. Uh, I think fish is very similar to that, to the dead in that way, where there's a lot of thought about the emotionality and the contrasting of pieces and how a set is put together um, to to intentionally sort of evoke um, the, this range of, of human emotions. Uh, so, I, you know, the music piece in the in the trials is something that's really interesting and. Uh, obviously a big part of the experience, uh, in, in determining, you know, what, what, what tracks should we, should, should the participant listen to what order, I mean, those are in some ways, uh, big decisions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, another
0: aspect of this, um, yeah, there's two pieces around fun that have also come up that I want to make sure that we, we hit on. Um, and by the way, I'll just throw in, um, for those interested if we do have and I know we probably have a couple of deadheads in the in the crowd here um that death death don't have no mercy track that I'm referencing the specific recording is from Hampton Virginia October 1989 and it's on Spotify if you want to listen to it and it's it's really really something um if you love the grateful dead like that track is where it's at um anyway <laughs> coming back um so two things I wanted to, to, to make sure that we covered, uh, you know, talk about the interpersonal piece of fun too. Right. And, 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 and the, you know, we, uh, you know, last week had our, our interview with Chris was, you know, what we released last week, uh, where we talked about group experiencing. And I think that, you know, um, when we think about fun, joy, celebratory, like these are things that sort of lubricate interpersonal, uh, you know, interpersonal interactions and they create real closeness, um, real quickly. Um, again, I go back to our, our retreat experience in Jamaica where you know real I, I mean i think you know relationships that continue to be meaningful were were created there in just a week um because of the intensity of the experience and 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 the joy and the fun that was shared that wasn't the only piece of it right but that was a, a an indelible part, and so I think that um interpersonally, um, it, it creates a, a lot of opportunity for, you know, for connection and for, especially for, you know, perhaps people who again have experienced trauma and don't have that, haven't had that experience of connecting, right. And to be able to connect in that sort of joyful, fun place, uh, you know, and, and to feel safe doing it is, is, is really powerful, you know, whether it's, you know, no matter what the setting is. Um, and, um, and the other piece, I have an image of a friend of mine once who was uh, who was tripping. We were tripping together, and and this person was this was a you know middle aged fellow, and just a, but a little boy, yeah. He became just a little boy, just the goony smile on, swinging his feet, swinging feet to the music, um, and there's this childlike quality, you know, and this ability to have fun in the way a child would have fun, you know, uh, in a way that the world is a little more enchanted with just unpredictability, uh, humor, beauty, idiosyncrasy. Um, I think that the type of fun in a psychedelic experience, I think it's really similar to the type of fun a child has. There's a real childlike quality to that. And that is extraordinarily,
1: extraordinarily precious. Yeah. I love that. There's there's this concept of um, and li- li- you know a literature on this on uh, this idea of a transcendent emotions which are emotions that you know take us outside of ourselves like awe or bliss um, they can bring us into the interpersonal realm of connecting with others they can bring us you know into connecting with our environment um, the place we're at with nature. Uh, and even beyond connecting with the whole universe itself. And if, you know, if you think about uh, things like anxiety and depression, you know, things that humans struggle with, they, they often bring us more into ourselves. They pull us into our own, our suffering tends to like narrow our attention inside of ourselves. And uh, these emotions can be helpful at, you know, re-engaging us with, the larger context with with people, places, with with spirit, with the universe. Um, so, again, coming back to this idea that uh, there, you know, this this uh, category that we place on experiences of recreational versus therapeutic are very artificial, and and in uh, many ways, um, you know, can't, you can't separate out, uh, you know, these these positive emotions from some sort of therapeutic change that might occur down the line. Mm -hmm. The positive
0: emotions. And I would add the positive, the, um, purely recreational contexts, you know, and that's why I think, um, you know, one of the things I continue to pay attention to and am involved with, you know, here in Illinois, um, is, you know, trying to, work with you know lawmakers you know community members to design to figure out like well what is post-prohibition life like you know and um (laughs) you know i'm a very strong opponent like i believe that psychedelics are great to use therapeutically it's why we do this podcast i think it's awesome um, I think they belong there. I think they can help people. I believe in the therapeutic use of psychedelics for people who are suffering uh, very much, but I believe just as strongly that it can't be bound by that only by that context alone. And mm-hmm. I think there's, you know, I think there's some people that that that, think that, 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 that think, well, like, okay, this is a, a therapeutic agent. And we, you know, if we let the cat out of the bag and if we acknowledge that it's fun and we allow it to be, you know, used in fun, like it's going to jeopardize this, therapeutic model we're trying to create. Right. And while I believe in the therapeutic model, it has to be able to stand on its own and it can't do so at the expense of liberalizing drug laws, increasing freedom and allowing these other contexts to be a place that a human being can experience this, um, you know, without having to go through a therapeutic model. That's the right. I think that that's going to end up being the right model for some people, maybe a lot of people, but it shouldn't be given any sort of like monopoly over you know, what this experience is and how this experience is to be disseminated to people. Like it it, it mustn't have a monopoly. Uh, I feel like that's that's, that's really wrong on a lot of levels, not the least of which then you have an industry that's sort of like using the government to control its competition. So it's like cartel behavior as well. Like it's just bad, right? So if you're a, a proponent of therapeutic use, I've said this before and I'll probably say it a million times again, I think you're sort of ethically obligated to support decriminalization so that other contexts are available and so that you're not putting people in jail to support your particular model. And, and in so doing, sort of saying, this is the right way to use psychedelics. I mean, like bullshit, right? It's perhaps a good way. I think so. I think it's being built to be a very good thing. Um, but there's lots of good ways. And um, if if you if people are involved in in creating these therapeutic contexts, that's awesome. But you know, I think they, I think it's important to step back and know that, like, hey, this is a part, you know, and and this part is going to blossom when others are allowed to blossom as well,
1: uh, and not instead of. Yes, couldn't agree more with that. Yeah, I I think the only thing I would add is um that yeah we you know. Some people are going to feel safer, like accessing this through the context of a you know a healthcare professional and and others aren't others are completely turned off by this whole thing, and that that's fine and yeah, I think it's really important that we don't uh you know cultivate an arrogance about this as being superior in any way it's just different it's not better mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think people will feel like
0: there will be a certain people that will, you know, um, and I absolutely agree. And I think it should be there for people. You know, people will be safer and like, okay, uh, well, this is like a medical or therapeutic guidance and then people will feel safer. And that's great. But that people will actively feel unsafe in that environment too, because people have had very unexp, um, very, um, traumatizing experience with medical professionals, right. like therapeutic professionals, therapy, psychiatry, um, uh, medicine, um, there's sometimes collateral damage for sure. You know, people come out of experiences like that feeling worse off, feeling harmed. And maybe because they got bad care or maybe because, you know, like, um, you know, something happened to them during and they weren't, like, there can be a lot of reasons, you know, including at times, you know, poor care or, you know, poor reaction to medication or whatever. The bottom line is that people will come out of that system, our mental health care system feeling worse off and like have no trust for it. Yeah. They're not going to want to go trip with, you know, with i you know, I'm not going to want to go trip with a therapist. If I've been hurt by a therapist, or I'm not going to go on a trip under the supervision of a psychiatrist. When I spent you know 10 years on meds that I, that I believe fucked me up. Like, I'm not going to do mm-hmm. that. Uh, no way. Yeah. Right. And so if, if that's the only option, you know, that person's out of luck and I think that's wrong. Um, because that person has a lot to gain and I think there's no need for them to be under the care, like necessarily, depending on the circumstances under the care of of someone like that. Um, so I think that, that, that cuts in every direction, you know, it's like, I think people need the freedom to be able to identify what they need and to select that. And that they, there should be, I mean, I think, I believe in some regulation, there should be some assurances that, uh, you know, we're kind of. Um, and people should be able to know what they're taking and people should be able to, um, be safe, you know? And so whoever is providing who, no matter what services somebody is providing, they should, they should, uh, be accountable. There's a whole lot to unpack there that we won't do right now. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that, the, that you have to have a lot of choice and you have to acknowledge, and I think that recreation, again, bringing it all back around, like is right at the center of this, right? It's, it's, it's sort of like yeah. a big flashing light that says, um, hey psychedelics have been for, used for a long time a lot of people find them really fun and that's great and
1: that we have to account for that and whatever else we're doing and if you like some of the ideas talked about in this podcast uh, you can check out nate's other podcast on fly fishing and the grateful dead where he combines two of his favorite activities and novel applications of fishing and listening to his favorite jam band. You know, when I
0: was fishing uh, at the time, I did listen to the Dead, but I, I, and I didn't listen when I fished, but, you know, always the drive up and down the canyon, I would And Sometimes it was the Dead, but at the time I was also listening to a lot of uh, leftover salmon and yonder mountain string band, which were like blue grassy kind of jam bandy type things, which is really good for canyons in my experience. This isn't a
1: podcast that exists, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Go out and have yourself some good old-fashioned fun. Talk to you in a couple weeks.